these cave parties Everybody's in for giving back To those in need We're going to Club 400 Club 400 We're going to Club 400 Club 400 We're going to Club 400 Radio Alright Alright, we got the one of the best Cub fans, and I wanted to have her on our very first show because she's a very special friend, a full disclosure, and she is the longest tenured season ticket holder at Wrigley Field. She is, I'm not kidding when I say this, a very famous Cub fan. Carol Haddon, welcome to the show. Hello to all of you that are listening to the premier Club 400 radio broadcast. I'm very proud to be considered as the first spokesperson. You know, we we talked about it, and and we couldn't have had a better first guest. No, definitely I mean, not. Just the title. How how does that feel having the title of the longest running? <laughs> it makes me feel very very old. Yeah, until we meet you and you you look you act like you're twenty. Yeah. Oh well, thank you so much. <laughs> If, if, if I'm doing what Carol's age at her, if I'm doing what she's doing right now at her age, and I'm gonna be, I'll be in awesome shape. <laughs> well, I have slowed down a little. <laughs> don't forget, <laughs> aging does show something. But I have been a Cup fan my entire life, and this is my 47th year as a season ticket holder. So, so in three years, we're gonna have to have a big party for you. Okay, I'm ready for that. <laughs> Club 400. I do like those parties. Now the the Cubs should be th- throwing you a party yeah, with right. all the money you yeah, spent on season Club tickets. Yeah, Let's do it at Wrigley Field. Yeah, Ricketts better be opening up the, the the gate for you, and we'll have we'll do it on the field. Well, I sure wish they would do something for the season ticket holders outside of the Premier Club, but let's leave that for something different because <laughs> we're talking about fandom, and I am a real fan, uh, having been more a tomboy with lots of athletic skill, but absolutely no place to participate. Uh, I could not play with anyone other than a group of guys. And eventually I was told at age 12 that that was inappropriate. So I became the spectator (laughs) that I am today, although I did a lot of swimming in high school and college. (laughs) So as far as baseball, the game, uh, obviously... Was it the Cubs that brought you into baseball, or was baseball bringing you in the Cubs? I mean, was it the game first, then you loved the Cubs, or was it the Cubs that made you love baseball? Well, I think it was kind of like all at the same time. I remember listening to my radios, running home from school as a little kid so I could watch the World Series. I was really fascinated with the game, but I also was living on the south side of Chicago, where the White Sox were the more important team. So I became a Cub fan and traveled to the north side because my mother and a friend of hers, two ladies, took little four-year-old Carol to the ballpark. So I kind of like being a Cub fan in Sox territory. Uh, people would always belittle my choice. Mm. Oh, you like the Cubs. Oh, you like the Cubs. And um, that continued way into my adult years. 
when the Cubs finally showed themselves, finally, to be the better of the team. You know, I did not know that you were... See, my favorite types of Cub fans are Southside Cub fans, because those people, man... They're in the wrong territory, and they love the Cubs. So. Yeah, I mean, no wonder to, why I love you, Carol. You have to battle a lot to get through those early days. <laughs> I did. And then when I started going, there was no one else that cared that I was going. You know, I was a, a school teacher, and I would take my class and the school class on the once a year, let's go to a baseball game day. I always volunteered to be the lead on that. And I maybe shouldn't admit this, but I often had a little radio on my desk while teaching. Oh, there's nothing and wrong with that. Students, no. Well, my students were special ed students, and they were wonderful, and I introduced baseball to many of them, and I was able to use a lot of baseball references. And there was... Oh, God, I'm not sure I can remember the trainer. There was a trainer years back who was involved in a horrible accident where his feet, his legs were crushed between two cars. He was he, he was able to continue in his job, hmm. but I had my students make get-well cards and send them to him. Oh, no, I can't remember his name. Where did you teach, yeah. Carol? Oh, uh, I taught in Wheeling. Okay. Uh, my by now I'm married. Uh, my husband was in law school, so he would be taking the train from Skokie to the city, and I would be driving a carpool to Wheeling. Oh, it seems like so long, but the schools that I taught in are still there. Right on Dundee Road going into Wheeling. Oh, that's very cool. So the first year, which I know how important was to me, was the first year you bought season tickets. It's like, you know, there's nothing better than that. That's like a day you'll remember. How old were you, and what year was that? Well, okay, I was almost going during my teaching days. Like on the weekends, I always went and sat in the bleachers. So I kind of had an identity with a group of people that sat in one section. I was in right field in the what they called the betting section of Wrigley. Going back, I used to spend a lot of time in the bleachers. And then before I ever invested in my season seats, I used to be able to get really good seats at the last minute when I would show up. So I went to a lot of games when I was still in my 20s, early 20s teaching. And then uh, my first year as a real season ticket holder was 71, 1971, when I bought tickets for every day. Oh, the tickets were so cheap. They were like $3, three dollars $3.50, $3.25 a quarter uh, a ticket. And they had such poor attendance. So I really enjoyed it because someone that was there every day like myself got to talk to a lot of people, and it was already home for me by the time in 1971 that I became a season ticket holder. It was a lot different around Wrigley in those days. Yeah, I mean, you had season tickets before I was born. I'm not trying to 
saying well, that's crazy <laughs> well just to make you make you feel a little better i was three when you got your season oh time. thank you thank you honey so here i am at 75 and i'm just like the old lady in the group and i'm proud of it at least i used to hide my age but you know after a while Oh, you, gotta, you just can't do anything about it. You got to be proud the way that you're still doing well, what you're I'm doing, proud. and I'm proud I've made it this far. Right, right. So, Carol, but especially you know what's funny. A lot of people to, in today's games will say, "So, how long have you had your tickets?" And rather than giving them specifics, I just say, "Well, um, I had my tickets longer than you're alive." Yeah, so yeah. I could say that to you, Stu. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. So I was and gonna, I did. I knew you way back when, when you were yeah. a young teenager yourself. Oh, yeah. We used to sneak up to the stadium club. So, <laughs> But, yeah, we've known each other a long time. I was going to ask you, too, because back in the 70s when you became a season ticket holder, Wrigley Field obviously has changed a lot, especially within the last 10, 15 years. But what what has the progression from the 70s till now? Uh, I mean, back in the days when you were going in the early 70s, it wasn't necessarily the safest place to be, was it? Well, it's funny because the neighborhood around the ballpark has changed. First of all, when I first became a season ticket holder, I would take the train from Skokie down to the ballpark, to Evanston, and then to Howard Street, and then to Addison. And that was really good. But then I had a serious knee injury and spent my summer in a cast and on crutches so I started to drive, and after driving, you kind of enjoy your radio and comforts of your car, so I've never used the train since. So thanks to my knee surgery, hmm. <laughs> I had to change my habits. So I wanted to ask you, too, about your seats. Now, you've moved a couple times, and we'll talk about this year because this was probably the most, uh, you know, maybe stressful entrance to really feel you've ever had, but... Uh, and because of your seats, you know, you've, uh, had a, you've formed a lot of relationships with a lot of players, you know, and you've known a lot of, you've known a lot of these guys. And I know you have a great, awesome memorabilia collection like myself, but uh, can you talk to us about your seats, where, where your seat primarily had, was and now where it's at now, and the well, interactions sure, that you had with the players? I, I feel like I am typical of the changes that have taken place. First off... My relationship with the ball players there are two different things. My seats and the relations with the ball players. You know, the ball players were happy to see someone that was there every day. My seat was in the first row on the first base side by the visiting on deck circle. It was section 26. I was in row one. I kept my scorecard, which I still do to this day. I kept my scorecard on the wall, and the players, there were only 10,000 people at a game. So a young person such as myself, who was there all the time, actually began to get a facial recognition. And then the ball players themselves did not have 10 attorneys and three <laughs> different obligations every day. Right. So they were really friendlier, but... That, I don't believe that's true, but the relationship with the fans has been different. Because in those days, Randy Hunley knew that my daughter played baseball and invited her into 
Dodger Stadium to play catch with him before a game. Wow. That would never happen today. No, you're and right. He no longer plays baseball, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and it was my son's birthday on another occasion, and Bill Madlock brought his own 8 by 10 photos to the side of the wall where I had a little group of kids gathered, and he signed pictures to every one of them. And that would certainly not happen today. Yeah. But I understand that the fans' response to players is different also. People chase these guys around. They really need a little more protection from the thousands of fans as opposed to from the hundreds or double digits of fans that would, you know, bother them. There was a time, and you would probably remember this yourself, Stu, when players would drink at a local bar where players were much more accessible than they are today. You, of course, have had to go for all of your wonderful fundraisers. You've had to work through a lot of people outside of the players themselves because they all have a, a legal support system behind them today. Right. I think I think what you know, Carol's basically saying is that and this is true, sadly so, but back in the old days, it was about baseball, and that's what it was about. Now, it's money. It's all money. about money. There's so much yeah. money involved in this. And you're 100%, Carol. Money, the money part has changed the game. It's still the same game, which is the beautiful part of it, but the, what's, what's outside of the game has totally changed. Yes. So that takes me away from the ballplayers to your original question. So my seat was really nice for 30 years approximately. I sat in section 26. I really did get to know a lot of the opposing players. Our Cub teams themselves were not good, but a lot of the, the Cincinnati, the Big Red Machine, or Ozzie Smith, and Dale Murphy, and Chipper Jones, these people were very social and I enjoyed watching their performance. But, and I had a whole ring of people at, across the aisle from me, uh, two rows behind me. I knew their families. I knew the births, and I was very happy when there were weddings. And It was really nice to go to the park to watch a game with people that I enjoyed watching. But lo and behold, the Cubs were sold, and... Then they began the first of the construction. So from first base dugout around to the third base cub dugout, they added four rows, well, originally only three, A, B, and C, in front of my seats and in front of everyone's seats. So I attended my first game that season sitting in the fourth row no place to put my book, no way to converse with any players, and needless to say, I was very disappointed. Uh, fortunately, because by this time, some of the people did know, they did try to make me an offer, and I did not refuse it. Mark McGuire was, the, this is a different Mark McGuire, a Cub executive, uh, and um Andy McPhail offered me a chance to move my seat from 
26 over around by the Cubs dugout, which is where the last 15, 17 years, I guess, I spent sitting in the middle of the Cub dugout in the first row. And that was a section that had one time been promoted to lots and lots of uh, former Tribune executives. And so the Tribune executives uh, were seated around the section that I was now moved to, which was section 14. So at first I was disappointed, but then I really got to enjoy the interaction with the Cub players because the dugouts were small, players were standing right in front of me, and they got often on the field between innings directly in front of me. So again, I started to have a initial camaraderie with the team players, and I have had that for many years because if they saw me on a daily basis, they would at least acknowledge me with a hello or some such thing. Nice. But it, it became totally different this year. When this year, the entire dugout was moved to my left, to the outfield. So my exact section of 14, row 1, is exactly where it was. But the dugout, which I sat in the middle of, the entire dugout is now to my immediate left, to the outfield view. Have I explained that well enough? Yes, you did, yeah. So, I don't have any interaction as such. The new players in the future may have no idea, but I actually am beginning to enjoy my new seat because I still have a sideways look into the far end of the dugout where I get to watch the coaching staff and Jim Hickey or... or, um, Joe, Joe Madden, he's right there the whole time because I sat yeah, in your seats. Yeah, and I and usually there. get a hello before the game, you know, and I make some, hey, Joe, how are you? And he gives me a hello, and that's it. That's, Whoopee. Yeah. Yeah. What? So let me ask you this. Who's your favorite player of all time? Oh, my God. I don't really have a favorite player of all time. I really have thought about it, but each year at the moment, for example, Rizzo, he gives so much community and to the team and spirit. And, but then there's Javi Baez, who's blossoming in front of our very eyes. So, sure, I loved Ernie and I loved Billy. And one of my favorite Cub players ever is someone that someone really doesn't know very well by the name of Carmen Fanzone, mm-hmm. who backed up Ron Santo at third base but who was also my tennis partner, and we learned to play tennis together. That's awesome. I didn't know that. that. Relationship to this day, you know, birthdays, we call each other. So I can't say he's my favorite because Madlock did so many nice things, but I don't really have a favorite. Okay. I was going to ask you, uh, Carol, I mean, Cubs baseball has changed. I believe right now we are in the golden age of Cubs baseball. And anybody who wasn't a Cubs fan is a Cubs fan now. But up to, you know, 2015, let's say, let's face it, the Cubs were not a good team for many, many, many years. You know, they'd have instances like in 
89 and you know 98 and 2003 but what has kept you to to keep going back you know you i mean it's people like you that we want to talk to because you've been there you've been there through the lean years you've been there when no one else was there now you're there when it's packed in the you know standing room only what what is but well, honestly i just really enjoy baseball i enjoy sports long before any of this cub notoriety came my way my routine is to read the sports section first thing in the morning, and eventually I get to other businesses that could be important in this world. But I just have enjoyed the game. So, I it's, forgot what you It's, it's basically the, lo- the love of <laughs> baseball has kept you coming back. And yes, uh, Wrigley Field, I'm sure, too, right? I mean, there's nothing better than Wrigley Field. Well... I sure love Wrigley now. I appreciate the investment that the Ricketts family has made. It has affected a lot of people in a negative way. who They've had to relocate or move their seats. But I, I enjoy the games. I enjoy more night games. This past weekend, with the weather being so hot, whoa, sitting for eight, nine innings was not an easy task. So I've been sitting with Carol, you know, from time to time, and uh, I I, have to, I never asked you this question, but since you uh, were first row right behind the dog, it seems like every time I'm with you, you, you and you always give them the kids, but how many baseballs do you think you've gotten in your li- lifetime? Well, first of all, I've never asked for a ball, unless it's something like one time I asked in my old seats when... Um, Rod, um, A-Rod was sitting behind me two rows for a game where I'm trying to remember against Miami and the catcher. You guys are going to know this Hall of Fame catcher. Um, Rodriguez? Pudge Rodriguez? Yeah, yeah, Pudge. Okay, so Pudge was with Miami and A-Rod was sitting two rows behind me and I asked the home plate umpire via the ball girl we haven't talked about the ball girl. Mar- Marla so Collins? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where Marla is. And if someone has found Marla or is in touch with Marla, she and I were really good friends. I mean, I went to her wedding. We, we oh, really? went out. But over, over time, you know, I've, she's gone her way, and I don't know where she's at. I, I heard she's local somewhere around the area, but... Uh... Well, she's certain, she was local. Yeah. So, that I don't know. And she has two daughters who are, are grown by now. So but, I, okay. I wanted to tell this story. This is a classic story. I mean, this is going to, me, me and Carol are bonded by this forever and ever and ever. So, uh, <laughs> she is my Game 7 World Series buddy. So, <laughs> Game 6... We're having a party at Club 400, and you know, obviously, Game Five we we won, and I, and you know, and then we're going back to Cleveland. And I was thinking about going there for Game Six, but and I talked to Carol a lot. We were going back and forth. So we had made reservations for yep. possible rooms mm. that we were hoping to use. We were we were definitely thinking ahead, planning and thinking, and uh, so. Uh, 
Addison Russell hits the grand slam. I think the Cubs went up seven to nothing, and I'm like, "Yes, we're going to Cleveland, baby!" So like, it was a great night. Game six was at my house at Club 400. It was unbelievable. So yeah, me and Carol are going back on the phone, and so my brother and my, our good friend of mine, Pat, went, and we drove over and picked up Carol on the way there, and uh, we made her haul, you know, the the drive out to Cleveland. Great company. Yeah. It was awesome. Three. Three studs. How's that? Three studs. Yeah. yeah. And we I flew my mom in from Nashville. So my mom stayed with Carol, and then me, Eric, and Pat stayed in another room. We didn't have any tickets. Well, Carol had a, I think Carol, you got my mom actually a free ticket for the game, which was unbelievable. And wow. that, that, yeah. that was awesome. <laughs> so my mom and Carol sat together, and then we bought three tickets on the way. I believe we paid $1,700 $1, a piece. And our plan was was to get together at some point. If the Cubs were winning, so oh, we could be excuse together. Excuse me, by the way, I just want to say that the tickets that we had were not free, but they were face value, which was like being free. Pretty much, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. No, that, that that's like free. being free, trust me, you know. Because um, we bought our tickets day of game in the last, you know, latest part we we could, but... Uh, I think you were doing it in the car on the way there. We were, yeah, <laughs> we were shopping on, our, on the apps. So, uh, so we get down there, and... Which was unbelievable. We got we went to Ricketts pre party, which was awesome. And uh and we go down there and then the game comes, which is the most remarkable well, don't you think Carol it was the best game in the history the best oh game you ever been God. to? Well yeah. certainly for me it was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they can compare it to other exciting things and even last year's World Series had a lot of excitement, but for me, that was it. It was unbelievable. And I will always, always so well of you and Eric and your other friend. <laughs> yeah, Pat. And then we, so we were, you know, we were watching the game. We were sitting separate. They were sitting on the other side. They were upper deck. We were upper deck, but we were sitting on the other side. And then uh, what's his name hits the home run? Raji Davis Raji hits the Davis, home run. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, we were having a good time that whole night. I mean, we had all Cub fans around us. My brothers kept on saying, Eric, it's in the bag, man. We're, we won, we won. I'm like, shut up. It's the Cubs, man. We're going to blow us at any minute. And then Raji Davis hits a home run, and I seriously got so sick to my stomach. I was like, so it was a deep, dark depression that just weighed in on, I think, most Cub fans. Um, and I went out to go to the bathroom at some point. And I was there's a tunnel that exit out, and I look straight and it's Carol. And I swear to God, the best description that I could tell you, it looks like she just lost her dog, you know. And I felt so bad. Well, I'm a cat person, so okay. I lost her cat. <laughs> she lost her cat. I and, was so depressed. Mm. Oh, she. And I'll tell you what. She, when I looked at her, like it, because I was thinking about jumping off the upper deck on the outside. You know, I was like, <laughs> if we, you know, it wasn't even like I told Tom before the game. I said, Tom, no matter what. We win, we lose. It was a great year, and you know it's awesome. But because of the way the game went, it would have right. been devastating right. to lose. And I saw Carol, and I was just like, "Stu, you gotta, you got, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take care of Carol here. Yeah, you know, pull, pull it together. <laughs> I gotta pull it together. Try to get Carol out of. Uh, so, so Carol ends up coming back to our seats. I won't sit in my seat. Because I just, honestly, I was just like, I can't sit there. That's where Roger hit the home run. So we, we were standing over there. And then, obviously, Zobris with the double. Amantara with the base hit. We all got yeah. together, and that was it, you know. Probably some <laughs> well, tears of joy. Well, I have a bad track record because my other 
postseason games were in San Diego, in San Francisco, and I am O for California. Oh boy. O for six games. I never saw a victory. Once I thought we even had it in the bag against San Diego. So totally depressed. And you you brought me back, Stu. Yeah. Thank you. That's and awesome. everyone went back. Oh my god, that was so exciting. What what did that mean to you, Carol? I mean that, I mean just to finally reach the promised land as a Cub fan who saw so much, you know, bad baseball. Just finally well, winning it all. And the truth is, I think we play really good baseball now. I enjoy the games as a Cub fan watching Cub baseball. I always enjoyed the games as a baseball fan because other teams were making the the moves. So it's just a pleasure to go to the games today. And it's a pleasure to be part of Club 400 Radio. You know what, Carol? It's been a pleasure to have you as our first guest. I'm you so were flattered. Awesome. And uh, really helped us, I think, set the tone for what this show is going to be. So we can't thank you enough. We're going to post a picture on our Club 400 U. I think we'll put our, our World Series picture. With the team celebrating oh, behind us. Oh, I love us. that picture. That's really nice. And if the listeners ever come out to Club 400 for an event, Carol comes to a lot of them, so make sure you say hi to Carol. It will be my pleasure. So good luck to you, and thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks, Carol. Okay. We love you. We love you. This is the end. Beautiful prayer.